Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, friends beyond the binary, my patron peeps, it's time for the tool, the podcaster that's a tool in your toolbox, not the tool, uh, but, uh, well, anyway, it's a podcaster who's a tool, tool, a bed, a tool, like, uh, it's time for the podcaster that's here to put you to sleep, patrons, thanks for, uh, uh keeping me handy, uh, thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. Uh, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings... Uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time or temperature, uh, you know, like so stuff you're thinking about, uh, stuff that you might be experiencing physically or emotionally, or it could be life stuff, you know, you could be traveling, you could be, uh, you, you, someone else could be, whatever it is, I'm here to take your mind off it. I got this uh, safe place here. They got it. It's roomy. There's plenty of, come on in, come on in. Yeah, so let me show you around. Uh, much roomier than a post office, uh, uh, though if you want to send mail or receive mail here, we probably could arrange that. Uh, if you, you know, we have had the request, I'd like to sleep in a bed of mail. That would be my uh, safe place. I'd say consider it done. Uh, but let's see, uh, create a safe place uh, where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. So basically, I'm here to keep your take your mind off of stuff, not keep it off of stuff. Uh, and what way I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, a, a lot of goofiness. I, I tend to go off, you know, I definitely will go off topic uh, and play around. And the whole idea is, okay, so let me, if you're new, I'm glad you're here. Glad, glad I caught you right up at close to the beginning. Let me just give you a couple of heads up. This podcast is a little bit different, but I'm really glad you're here. I hope I can help you get to sleep or make bedtime a little bit uh, less of a rigmarole or just keep you company. Uh, but so structurally what to expect. show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the show free twice a week. Uh, then there's an intro, and this can throw you off if you're new, which I totally understand because I listen to a lot of podcasts. The intro of the show is about uh, 12 minutes long, uh, 14 minutes, and then you get the business. So it's so all told like 16, 18 minutes or so. But that's kind of the ease you end to bedtime. Instead of, like I said, like I'm here to help you fall asleep and not put you to sleep, to keep you company as you drift off. And I found over the years that, uh, I don't know, some people, like uh, also you're welcome to use the show however you want. But the nice thing about uh, the intro is it's a long runway, and you could start your runway. This is this is an example, but it's like wherever you wish. Because some listeners start the show, then they get ready for bed, right? So they're brushing their teeth, they're you know combing their hair, maybe you know maybe they're what do you call that? Uh, bombing your what was that called? Beard bombing with a B A L M. You know, like, uh, I don't know if that's a thing couples, couples do, uh, but we probably should just skip right over that. Bomb, but, uh, 
you know, maybe you're bombing your feet, uh, maybe you're moisturizing, whatever it is, petting your pets, you're getting ready for bed, getting comfortable. It would be, some people do journal, though I probably I am a little bit distracting. I'm not a great podcast for journaling. Wow, wow. You do, unless you're like a, unless you're like studying, you know, uh, issues, and then you could listen, and you take some notes. You say, "Well, Scoot said detected uh, this here." I say, "Yep, yeah, you got it. I'm human. H U M A N." Uh, so then, or some listeners are already in bed, but you know, say, "Well, it takes me about twelve minutes to get into this." Uh, you know what I'm saying? You get comfortable, however it is. But that's kind of the, how the intro works. It also is just an example of where a regular podcast or podcaster would say, well, I could get to the point. Me, not my forte. You know what is my forte? Will Forte. He's my number one forte. Hold, how many, has that been a joke before? It, or is it, am I mixing, <laughs> mixing up my vocabulary? It, well, I guess I'd say, am I an expert on Will Forte? No. Do I really like Will Forte? So, okay, you got me. But well, there was just a quick... Uh, Sidebar with my vocabulary brain, but it still sounds good to say my favorite. No, no, I think it is accurate. Not to um, like, but uh, my favorite forte is well for my forte. You know what I'm saying? Maybe has anyone ever written Will Forte? How many musicians do we have? How many people could write a song? Send it to me. My 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 forte is you know I think. Uh, Everybody could, even when people are doing really good, it, it still, I mean, I mean, I can't speak. I'm just imagining that Will Forte is doing good. But maybe send a message out there and say, uh, you're my, you know, you're, what did I say the name of the song was? My favorite, my forte is Will Forte. Oh, wait, another part of my brain, one with the spectacles on, just said, it may not be pronounced Forte. And I'd say, touche, buddy. Holy pun brain. Anyway, let me get back. I was trying to explain to new listeners that I go off topic during the intro instead of just introducing the podcast. So that worked great. Thank you, Will. Another reason to thank Will Forte. Uh, and where was I? Okay, so there's an intro. That's what I was trying to explain. It goes on about 12 or 14 minutes. doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's here so you know I'm here to keep you company. And, you know, I'm going to goof around. Uh, it's to make bedtime barely amusing. Uh, so that's the intro. Then there will be a little business. Then we're going to be talking about the the, uh, the back half of the season of uh, The Good Place, uh, the, Jan- the 2019 episodes, or, what, you know, the newest one. So that'll be exciting. And, uh, oh, boy, was it, like, uh, really uh like, if you want to talk about being H-U-M-A-N, really a, a, a lovely uh, episode on humanity. Uh, so that was great. Uh, and some great surprise cameos. Uh, so, yeah, holy cow, I'm just a picture. So anyway, so that's what we'll be talking about later. We won't cover too much of the plot, but a bit of it. Uh, you know, those episodes are 22 minutes. I'll be talking about that episode and things I thought of during that episode. Like, definitely be talking about Venn Diagrams and Paul Shear because I've been waiting my whole life to talk about that. I may have talked about it before, but uh, 
you know, so somewhere in that 40, 48 minutes, uh, I'll be talking that out. It'll take me to cover a 22 minute episode. Uh, so that's what we have coming up and it'll be in this uh, kind of soothing. Now this podcast doesn't work for everybody. So if you're new and sometimes people think I'm kidding, like almost every person that listens to this podcast tells me took two or three tries before it started working because of course you're skeptical. There's so many easy solutions out there, uh, you know, quick solutions. This podcast is neither easy, you know, but creaky dulcets are not easy to get used to. Pointless meanders, not easy to get used to. And was that, or quick, right? It takes a little while to get you there, but I'm here for you the whole time. And believe it or not, this is a podcast you don't need to listen to. It's here to keep you company. Uh, but it, like I hear from people worldwide, some people listen to the show and uh, they drift off. Some people listen to the show to keep them company. Some people listen to the show during the day to kind of, uh, Get away from the day for a minute. Uh, but there's people that listen in every language, including English, that don't understand or can't comprehend what I'm saying. There's people that turn me down nice and low uh, and listen to me. There's people that don't, uh, that aren't human that listen. More and more, I mean, I, I guess this is a humble brag, more and more places where uh, pets are, uh, and uh, animals are, I hear from them that are playing the podcast, and they send me videos, uh, and they're very cute and touching. And it goes for when I leave home. I, normally, like, I was dog-sitting over the holidays. Uh, I would get the podcast going for Co and Sweetie, so they would, uh, you know, they'd have a little background noise, uh, ideally soothing. Oh, so uh, you don't have to listen to me, especially if you're new. Uh, but here's the other thing, you can and it goes with the part two, which is no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for an hour. There's 299 other episodes are ready to go if you need them. And the reason the shows are an hour and the reason I'll be here till the very end, uh, you know, we're working in, you know, part of my natural dullness is uh, to, uh, to keep you company because I've been there uh, without being able to fall asleep. And, and I make the show as much for those of you that fall asleep in the first two minutes as for those of you that are here to the very end or those of you that are just waking up, you know, whatever time and, and trying to get back to sleep. I'm here to help. Uh, so I'm here to keep you company and walk at your side as you drift over that threshold from wake to sleep. Also, I forgot what tangent I went on uh, already. What was I talking about? I, I know I was talking about a bit of mail. And uh, so, so, but whatever, uh, those, so if you're new, those are, that's kind of the, uh, rules, I guess, quote, quotes, uh, around the podcast. Yeah. But I really make the show because I, I want to help. Uh, it's like, uh, I, I have issues on and off and, or waking up or right now I have a couple of people that, uh, just returned from a trip, uh, that I've been hearing from uh, in my personal life and they're dealing with uh, getting back on schedule. And it really is my honor, you know, a bit like uh, this is kind of the start of a new year. And I've been making the show. This will be, I think, the sixth calendar year or the seventh. Uh, I don't know. And it really is an honor. It's so uh, touching to know that I can sit here and I can try to almost put a smile on your face. Uh, and you can say, Scooch is here. I'm your boar friend. I'm your boar bud. 
I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I am a, the the jester of bedtime. Like if we, like you'd say, you could be the jester of bedtime. You just gotta dial it down a notch, and I'd say already done. I don't even know. Like, like I, I, I just jest. I don't tur. You know, it, well, that's what a jester is. A tur, a tur is a jester a tur of jests. Uh, but I, like, I jest, uh, at your behest, I jest, uh, has, has anyone, is there like the Uber of jesters in like, oh boy. And those other things, I almost said it, the CL word, uh, you know, that, uh, was in the good place, all those paintings, uh, anybody looking to invest in a startup and also just give me credit and, uh, part, you know, without me doing any work, uh. We could call it, you know, like one common thing to do is just take a letter out. Uh, so we could call it jester, you know, something like that. Uh, what did I say? Oh, oh, we jest at your behest. Uh, and then boom. And we could do it for everything. I mean, this actually might be a sustainable model. You say, well, you need a magician for a birthday party? Uh, mariachi? Like, we could cover all of these things. Uh Maybe this, you know, and how about this? Just to add in a sleep with me touch, uh, randomize freeness and random, like uh, you could sign up for random deliveries. Like uh, you'd say, well, I'm going to be around from uh, Saturday from noon to seven. Again, nothing going, no party or anything. Uh, and then it just gives you an alert, you know, be on the lookout. Uh, you're, you've been behested. Uh, by the best, and and then suddenly, show, who shows up? But like uh, a kazoo band, or you know, and, and maybe we could I could pull some strings, uh, like pentat, you know, how, you know, get a like a top name. I mean, that could be for our launch after alpha beta or whatever. Uh, once we have a minimal viable product, in my imagination. Uh, but doesn't that sound nice? Like if a magician just shows up, uh, you know, you know, someone's coming so you can be prepared. But I guess how often do people need stuff without planning? Just people, I mean, I guess people like us, right? You say, well, or it'd be nice too. like if you, if this would have been good for the holidays. You got guests over like just your parents. You're sitting on your own couch with your parents. A lot of us have been there. You, you, you say. Oh, hold on. Let me check something on my phone. And, you know, you say, like, uh, you know, deliver, you know, what? and there could be specials. You say, oh, boy, we got a pepper, a paper airplane, a paper airplane expert, uh, you know, running a special today in your area. And you say, send them over. Break dancing elves. Oh, boy, get them over here. You know, I realized that was like last month, but. So anyway, I don't know what I was talking about other than I'm here at your behest to barely jest, uh, uh, to take your mind off. Because I think uh, I just want you to be able to relax and have some space. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve to be treated with uh, dignity and respect. Uh, and that's all I want for you. So I'm here to help in the only way I can. Like I said, it doesn't work for everybody, but give it a few tries. Uh and see how it goes. I work very hard, and I yearn, and I strive to help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. All right, everybody, it's time to talk about The Good Place. Welcome back from our little uh, Good Place break, uh, season break, I guess you could say. Mid-se- I think they call it a mid-season 
three-quarter season break. Uh, uh, so this is episode 11, season three, The Book of Dugs. Uh, you could tell me, tell me, tell me who wrote The Book of Dugs. Uh, uh, let's see what my handwriting says. Holy forking shirt balls, uh, something I can't say, power proven lay, squeezle, quizzle. Uh, Eleanor definitely is the one who says, oh, previously. Then Eleanor says, holy for, forking shirt balls. Oh, it's quick. My note says quick. It was a quick previously. It goes right into the episode. There's smiles. Uh, Tahani says very carpeted, wall-to-wall carpeting they had. Uh, Jason mentions go-karts. Uh, being driven by monkeys. So, grow carts being driven by monkeys in sunglasses and Hawaiian shirts. Uh, that's what Jason expects in the good place. Uh, Michael tells everybody to take a deep breath. And uh, Eleanor says, it smells like Typhoon Falls here. And he says, yeah, it smells like whatever... Uh, whatever makes you happy... I think it was whatever smells make you make you happy or something. And Chidi says, oh, it smells like warm pretzels. No, uh, like absolute moral truth. Uh, some, uh, similar smells, Janice says. Uh, Billy Bortles holding a Super Bowl trophy, talking to Dan Patrick. Uh, I owe it all to my best friend, Jason Mendoza. Also weed, he says, uh, and, of course, Tahani says, it smells like the closing of the curtain between first class and economy. She uses economy. You think that's what everybody uses now because you say they have economy, and then they you, you realize you like, see, well, well, now when you buy a ticket to an airplane, it actually wobbles like, you say, well, is it a negatively charged ion or a positively charged one? You say, oh, no, no, you get the ticket to, for regular people. No, no, it's economy negative. Economy less. Uh, economy light. That's what they could use. They say, yeah, it's economy light. Uh, also, pay. you're going to have to pay me in economy plus tickets if you want to use economy light or coach lights. I like that. I think that's, that would, I'd feel less than that than saying, well, if it's not plus, I just got like a, uh, because they say, no, 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 you don't have economy either. There's economy plus. There's economy. And then there's economy within the realm of non-business travelers, uh, by, like by paying their own tickets. And I say, okay, anyway, i got to get back to this episode. Uh, uh, mail depot, mail. Then I said, mail from heaven. This is interesting to me. I don't really have time to look into it, but uh, a lot of correspondence going on in the good place. Which I guess it would make sense. They would send each other a lot of notes. Uh, Janet, no follow on it and keep a low profile. Oh, Janet makes it so no one could follow them. They say we got to keep a low profile. It opens chapter 37. Cover story. You're a neutral Janet. This is Michael. You, the rest of you won a contest. Uh, really? Really? Uh, then there's a funny, uh, this is, uh, is a really mature episode. They say, uh, they make jokes. They say, because they say, well, we could do, pretend we're refugees from the bad place. That's the truth, actually. We don't need to pretend. And Jason says, what kind of messed up place would turn away refugees? And Michael says, well, they never break the rules here. 
And then we see our fa- my favorite. You know, you want to talk about the book and Nicole's. I got a lot of favorite Nicole's out there, including some listeners to the podcast. Uh, uh, but one of my favorite Nicole's, I actually spent the holiday watching her with my daughter, Nicole Byer. Uh, and she says, "What?" A, I mean, it really lights up the screen. And she says, what the heck is going on in there? And she goes, are those the sweet tones? Oh, no, I said that. Are those sweet tones of Nicole Byer? She didn't say that. Uh, then I put un, uni, uni, uniform, maybe? Lots of lies, unfortunately. Uh, Jason's crushing the jokes, as usual. I think her name's Gwendolyn. It is Gwendolyn. Uh, geez Louise, she says, but you're in the Postal Service. A uh, winged horse or a pegasus uh, on um, patch for the good place postal services. They also have a sidearm patch with three stars and then a bar and then th- two stars. Uh, neutral Janet, she says, end of statement. Won a contest. They say, why are they here? They put actually one uh, C-O-F-S. That must be Drew's shorthand for contest. Uh, corner place, uh Curtain, fan paper, brought to speed like a hat. Uh, let's see if I can just 500 trillion miles north, south, north of here. That's where the main office is. A door to goods, uh, Ward Contest McGuire. Let's see what this is. Corner space, a fun paper. What does that say? Fan paper. Rot sped like a hat. Uh, this is really like a, sometimes I wonder if, uh, like, uh, maybe I could try communicating with uh, AI because this is the kind of stuff when you say, Hey, can you translate what I'm saying? I honestly don't know any of this. Says corner space, curtain, fan, fun paper, rot, uh, sped like a hat. I mean, I'm watching, uh, Gwendolyn and Michael talk at five minutes in the episode or so. Chidi and uh, Eleanor have a long convo, so maybe it was about that. Uh, I don't know, 500 trillion miles, because he's like, I want to meet with the uh, council. Maybe that's a correspondence council. Uh, let's move on. Newest to, to contest, McGuire. A oh, weird contest magazine. That was good. I liked that. The place they're in, it's a house, though, and it looks like the kind of house you'd go to on an old homes tour or, like, a bed and breakfast where you'd say, okay, this probably doesn't have a hot tub, but it might have, I don't know. I never, like, a an older, uh, like, maybe 1800s-style house. I don't know what, what kind of, like, stylistically, kind of stylistically I wouldn't be comfortable in. Or, what does that say? Or swearing Eleanor wants out for sure. This was a claim I didn't have time to investigate. That four Oreos are two inches thick. Uh, oh, two inches thick. Yeah, that would be probably correct. Uh, I, was saying, I guess I was picturing one inch. Uh, so that means one Oreo is a half inch. Totally makes sense. I'm sorry, Eleanor, forever even doubting that. That's definitely correct. Uh, this is a great quote. Four Oreos away from heaven. I'm here with you. Deep breath. Uh, that's what Cheedy says. Uh, Michael kind of plays Gwendolyn. I don't know if I was comfortable with that. Uh, 
He's in his blue and lavender. You know, he's in the uh, the bad place Michael outfit, oddly enough. Uh, she, Gwendolyn says, what a fun thought experiment. Uh, a correspondence center. That's what my notes earlier must have been that I couldn't read. Michael may, still uses the phone without permission. Says, I'm going to meet me at the top. He calls the council, says, meet me at the top floor correspondence center. Uh, Tahani had a great, some great comedic moments too. She says, "Jason, you look, you seem thoughtful." There's a little bit of a subtle physical humor, and she leans in, uh, and then he says, "Yeah, I kind of sort of read the Janet's diary. That's how it feels. It's an awkward moment." Uh, and then he kind of talks to Janet about it. He says, "I was looking for rollerblades," uh, and she says, "Neutral Janets don't have feelings." End of conversation. And she has to say that more than once. Uh, Michael facing self-talk. Oh, so Michael's kind of trying to do some positive self-talk. Uh, and then the five-sided thing, like an igloo-like thing comes in. And I looked it up. I think it's, uh, I'll have the correct name of it when I do the research part. But it was like a five-sided cube. I think that's a tetrahedron or something. Uh, but it's, I think it has one other penta penta. I don't know. Yeah, it's a penta tetra penta pet, tetrahedron or something. Uh, but it has thumbs ups on it. Uh, and then if it couldn't get more, one more thing, uh, Paul Shear appears. Well, I hope I don't forget to talk about Paul Shear and Venn diagrams because I didn't write that down. Michael was holding the book of Doug's. I didn't do my Paul Shear research, but most of this is just, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, let me get through the episode. I'll try to cross my fingers here. Uh, thank you. Uh, they say super nice uh, something. Everyone focus up. I liked that. Uh, uh, fresh. We need some fresh peaches. Uh they say, well, pulots are in season. Say, okay, get, get a bunch of them, as many as we can handle. That's the whole council. There's uh, six people on the council. Uh, Jimmy. Oh, then we go to Eleanor, who's trying to Jimmy the lock. Uh, the only thing that happened, I can't get the lock undone. Oh, because I, I missed this. There's a door uh, straight to the good place, but humans can't open it. Uh, they have to go through that door. There's 500 trillion miles to the main entrance, north, uh, south, north of there. Uh, Chidi proposes, I just noticed not to quibble, but Paul Shear does not have a fleece vest on. He has a down vest on. He does have uh, DAD jeans on. This is, but this is a character, not a real Paul Shear. Uh, then Chidi uh, uh, says, what do we have our first date uh, Four Oreos away from paradise. That's another. I guess that was the second time that was stated in a different way. Uh, Michael Pronk. Oh, he makes a presentation to the council. Uh, and at first, really, this episode is so mature. I'm not even kidding you. It really shows the depth of the good place uh, as a production. Uh, he says the only explanation is a bad place rigged to the system. Uh, someone probably cool harmed remed about tower types. Oh, uh, no, he says, uh, they say, oh, people at a good place are awful. And he goes, no, some of them are probably cool, handsome man about town types. Uh, 
Then they say, we're going to talk. And they say, Kellen, you is going to shower you with uh, compliments. Uh, says, you got some great gravitas going, Michael. Then we go down and everybody's sorting mail. Uh, and Gwendolyn says, how did you two, how did you two meet? She meets Tahani and Jason since they're married ostensibly. And again, the advanced level of Jason's jokes. Uh, he says, we met in brain school and we, we got married because nothing mattered. Uh, he delivered it, but he actually delivered the lines. Uh, are all humans as attractive as you two? Uh, Tiny goes, you know, no, no, definitely not. Uh, uh, Janet, so, you know, this is not easy. So Janet Tahani talks. She goes, you know, I'm not sure where my, these are new emotions for me. I don't want them coming out my butt. Uh, then we're back at First Date Central where they're using flashlights as a candle. Or, uh, uh, cheated it does. Uh, then Eleanor has a champagne bottle, which is Gwendolyn's. And the note was said, Dear Gwendolyn, uh, here's some champagne for thanking me, for thanking you, for thanking me, for thanking you for thanking me uh, for giving you champagne. And then Jason, or then Chidi's not on screen. And he goes, okay, and I got one more surprise for you. And uh, let's see. They think, uh, what does Eleanor say? Holy forking fork. Uh, I think that's what she said. Chidi's a sexy mailman. At first, I thought Chidi had just had no shirt on, because I, I, when the first time I saw him without a shirt, I said, holy fork. Actually, he said, holy friggin' forking Chidi's chest. Uh, uh, and yeah, shirtless Chidi. That's when I determined it was a shirtless Chidi. But uh, this time he's clothes. He has shorts on, you know, show off his calves and stuff. Uh, and his arms are showing because he has shorts. He's dressed as a sexy mailman. Eleanor is a little uh, SAD, you know, because of the situationally. Uh, then the um, council says, we're going to take decisive action. We're going to form a team to look into it. So more than, we won't take more than 400 years to select uh, team members. Uh, the term nowish is used. Uh, there's a great podcast called Soonish uh, that you should check out. Uh, my, my, someone I know named Wade uh, makes it. He's a really great guy, too. Uh, we're the good, well, they say we're the good guys. We can't just uh, do stuff, uh, because Michael says we got to do it soonish, uh, or nowish, uh, and then they talk about a memorandum, and then Kellen says, here, here, uh, and then they say, Kellen, did you file a here, here memorandum? And he goes, no, I, I, I rescind my here, here, and resign effective immediately. Uh, this is so good. Then uh, we're back uh, in the mail room. I didn't realize how well they did this uh, closed location thing. So, I mean, they used different rooms. Uh, so it probably wasn't easy to shoot, but uh, uh, how much it like went on in, in just uh, inside this one uh, mail depot. Uh, we have uh, Tahani... Uh, Jason and Janet and uh, Johnny says, here's a uh, big farm d did us part. Uh, so we're no longer ma fake married. Uh, then Tahani uses his term vexed, which I love. No, vexed, though. I didn't say vexed. Uh, 
We got we got Vex. We got Das Vex. Uh, never mind Misfire. Uh, tears taste like nacho cheese. I don't know if those are Janet's tears or Tahani, Tahani's tears. No, those are uh, Eleanor's tears. A lot of tears, but no fears. Uh, this was all mostly positive crying. Uh, what it it is, nay, don't worry. Oh, what if we don't worry, uh, Chidi says uh, to um, Eleanor. There is only one time that matters, uh, that is important now. It's a Tolstoy quote that Eleanor recognizes from, uh, like, it wasn't a Rihanna, uh, like, uh, Instagram, but something, I don't know. And she says, I got to quote one more person that Scoots loves to quote, too. You got to try. Eleanor Shellstrop, uh, 2018. And then it's hilarious. Eleanor says, you know what, I got to try. And she puts her eyebrows up, uh. And it's really funny. There's a lot of back and forth uh, uh, time. Eyebrow, it was eyebrow up time. If you're catching my eyebrows going up. Uh, oh, also in the meeting room with Michael and the council, there was lots of rugs in there. Uh, they had returned. Michael called them dorks in fleece vests. Uh, I guess he, did, he probably meant it metaphorically, though. And he talks about the bad place. He's going to, you know, Tahani says, you know, I got some other unrelated stuff. Uh, Michael goes, this isn't a good time. Uh, uh, unrelated question. There's a great face on that uh, that, that moment. Uh, uh, then he says, she, she says, well, then Michael says, he kind of loses his stack. And then she says, Michael, I need some help. He says, she goes, how do you make Jason happy? And she, he, he goes, you give him a lollipop shaped like a transformer. And uh, then... Uh, Tahani kind of talks about Jesus had these unintended consequences to well-intentioned actions and that's when the light bulb goes off over Michael's head because he goes the light bulb going off over my head we got the whole it's not just one Doug we got this whole book of Dougs so then he opens up the Douglas Weingar and it's a DXX like some symbols 89 or something uh, these are some of my notes so uh, 12 roses. He gives 12 roses to his grandmother as a birthday gift. It's talking about his points totals. Uh, final, my handwriting, final Alfredal paint test. Uh, it's, it's, uh, he gets plus 145. Oh, final attributed point total. Uh, plus 145.11918 uh, points. Uh, then it breaks it down. Like, what are the positive impacts? A gift thoughtful, well-intentioned, plus 44.191. Gift received well, plus 31.046. Roses gathered personally, 31.487. Uh, rose, roses uh, transported with minimal environmental impact, plus 27.003. Roses... Uh, Located on private land, or public, yeah, probably private land, plus uh, 10.663. Uh, top relevant points of attractions uh, result decrease uh, to natural beauty of surrounding area, negative 0.313. Uh, slight negative impact on local bees, negative 3 point something, uh, I think. I'm, I'm watching it right now. This is the other, this is the other one. We'll get to Douglas Ewing here. 
uh, also my notes say that this Douglas Weingart was born in 15, or this happened in 1537 in Hawkehurst, England. Uh, then we bounce over to Douglas Ewing from Skaggsville, Maryland, uh, 14th of July, 2009. It was at 1822.02 uh, local time. And it's the same thing. His case number is like D, a couple of numbers, dash 94. He also has like a identifier number. I don't want to give it out, though, you know, just in case. Uh, I don't want you spoofing Douglas Ewing's, uh, you know, good place passport. Uh, but here we go. He uh, gave 12 roses to his grandmother's birthday gift, but his final attrib- 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 attributed point total is negative 4.03368. And you might say, Scoots, gosh, goodness, why? And I'd say, well, I'll tell you why, actually. The, if, uh, the original, the positive additions were the gift was thoughtful and well-intentioned, point, plus 41.189. And the gift was well received, uh, received well. Grandmother was happy, uh, plus uh, 31.846. So right up there around 73 points. But then it starts to plummet uh, uh, because of the negative impacts uh, and really the summary of the episode. Uh, Roses were purchased with smartphone, environmental impact, wages, labor, trade, which you can see on appendix uh, N42 sub point W91 uh, for related smartphone issues. It's negative 62.487. Roses are artificially grown, you know, growing environment, pesticide. You can also see a prior report on flora fauna, uh, cited sub, uh, also see work of uh, counts, uh, Gary, Lisa, and others uh, regarding soil degradation, Western Hemisphere, free trade of decorative flowers. That's negative 45.008 points. Uh, workforce, where the roses came from, that's negative 33.073. Yeah, really, uh, uh, you know, there's a, a clues of 0.009 deduction for 1.5% of the total costs used to pay uh, even, you know, they're just like really... Uh, uh, transportation impact was 12.285. Uh, the celebrity uh, or the store where he bought them, that person was uh, not, not great. Let's see. Let me see what the little details are. Uh, yeah, Fender Breck's flowers. Uh, the guy is just not a Derek Fender Breck. Yeah, man, Derek's do not do well on this show. Um, yeah, so that was just a, that was a, like a little in-depth look at the Michael's charts. Uh, Michael's excited. He says he's just not the bad place. Uh, that every day the world gets a little more complicated, and being a good person gets a little bit harder because all these impacts we have. This is just the truth uh, that cog- we really use cognitive dissonance to get around, or at least I do. Uh, get the others. We have a lot to do. And then Tani says, but you didn't really deal with my thing, which I think is even an extra, you know, little bonus on the joke. Uh, but then she gives a wonderful apology to Janet. In summary, she says, I'm sorry, and I love you both very much. Uh, Janet cries, Tahani cries. Uh, also something. Oh, also she's Tahani's crying about the carpeting. 
adjacent cries uh, to be a part of things. Uh, like Stan, what does that mean? Like something. Oh, like Stan, like he he, he does have a bit of a Laurel and Hardy in him. Like Stanny, uh, he cries a bit like Stan in a good way. Uh, rose it up. Uh, what is it? Rose it up. That's what it says. Uh, there's something I have. Uh, turn into Jade Doorman. Oh, the ruse is up. Uh, I think that's what I put. Because uh, uh, Gwendolyn, the truth comes out. Uh, and Gwendolyn says, I got to turn you into the judge. Mike says, I already contacted the judge. Uh, the bo- doorman shows up. He says, Hey, Frogman. The judge will meet you at IHOP. Uh, in something, the good place, huh? Uh, and then he says, oh, this is a good place, huh? Because it smells like frogs. Cool, let's go. And they go, I hop. Uh, what, do you, what do you mean, I hop? Uh, isn't that, uh, Jason says, that's tight. And then uh, 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 Michael says, no, it's the International Hole of Pancakes. Not great, uh, but we got to go there to save humanity. And then Chidi still dresses a sexy mailman. He says, uh, do you mind if I go change first? <laughs> you go, they go, no. no. Uh, which you just really added one more button. So I thought, you just thought that was hilarious. And then uh, there's a long wave goodbye from Gwendolyn, which is just really uh, great. So, And that's how the episode comes to a close. Uh, so that was good. So let's just see what came up for me. And uh, this episode, right? Uh, the Book of Ducks. You know, first thing I said is who wrote the book? Who wrote the Book of Love? Uh, but who wrote the book? You know, who who wrote the Book of Love? Literally, uh, the song. Uh, and the Book of Love also titled "Who Wrote the Book of Love?" Uh, originally by the Monotones, uh, and it was written by the three members of that group: Warren Davis, George Malone, and Charles Patrick. Uh, lead singer Charles Patrick, this is from Wikipedia, heard a Pepsodent uh, commercial with the line, wonder where the yellow went. Uh, and that's where the idea, I wonder, wonder, wonder who, who wrote the book of love. Uh, and they started uh, d- doing it. They also got an idea from a kid kicking a ball in a garage when they were rehearsing. And as far as 50 songs go, that's actually a 50 song I actually like. Uh, and also, oddly enough, Shanana performed that song at uh, Woodstock. Uh, so that's it's pretty cool, the tie-ins. Okay, Wall to Wall. Oh, wait, I got to go back. I'll talk about Wall to Wall Carpet, and then I'll talk about Paul, Paul Shear for a little bit. Uh, not fa- facts, just good, good stuff, though. I mean, you don't need facts. Okay, so Fitted Carpet, uh, or wall to wall carpet, you, you know, everybody's probably experienced it. It kind of is baffling, uh, its ubiquitousness, uh, because it is so. You say, What in the heck were we thinking? And then you say, well, Then you go, Well, it's convenient, you know, so you go back and forth on it. Uh, it was intended to cover a floor entirely, uh, used with the use of a power stretcher. I didn't know that, uh, uh, fitted carpets were originally woven to the specific area they were covering. Later, they were made in small strips around the time stair carpet became popular. My car, my stairs do have, actually, I have wall to wall carpet in my, I didn't realize, I just realized that. 
I'm sitting on a wall of oak. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it because I live in an apartment, but uh, it's kind of the floors here are concrete, so it couldn't have, it had to have carpet, I guess. Uh, uh, carpets were held in place by individually nailed tanks. I can't believe I just totally got burned by myself. Uh, I was literally thinking, uh, I, I don't know, sometimes we're, as humans, we're so hilarious. Uh, it was the introduction of a tack strip or a smooth edge that simplified the installation of wall-to-wall carpeting, increasing the neatness of the finish at the wall. Uh, because the gripper strips are essentially the same thickness as the underlay, uh, they yield a level edge, whereas tacking used to give it an uneven edge. Uh, and there's three sides, so loop, uh, carp- loop pile, cut carpet, and structured carpet. You think I have structured carpet. Very popular in the 60s, uh, thanks to colorful prints. Most carpets uh, took a decorative appearance inside of houses. Uh, one of the most famous carpets was given by Louis XIV to George Washington, and it's in Mount Vernon where you can still see it today. So, uh, yeah, and there's a bit different. There's just a little bit on Wikipedia about that. Okay, so I want to talk about Paul Shear a little bit, who's an actor, and I didn't have time to Google anything. So this is more of a, this is just something I use when I'm talking about why I love podcasting. And I don't think I ever got good at explaining it. Like, I like to talk about Paul Shear is a great example of uh, how Venn diagrams work in podcasting and how uh, podcasting just makes you like people even more. And, and if you like someone or you kind of have a, a, a positive disposition to them by consuming, like getting to know them more on podcasts, uh, I guess I really am botching this, but here's here's my history with Paul Shear. So he was like first he came on my radar because he was on uh, like he's he's on a fantasy football show, which of course I can't think of the name of it right now. And I just I would only catch that show occasionally, but he said I like this person, and then uh, it came this moment in my life with Paul Shear. I'll never forget it. Uh, one of the great moments for me of just seeing someone shine on TV, like in an improv way. He was on a a TV show called The Talking Big Farm Show about when people, it's like about a popular TV show where people go to the big farm, but their bodies stay here running around and doing stuff. Uh, It's called The Walking Big Farm. And this show is The Talking Big Farm where they talk about the episodes. Usually they have some celebrities on there. And it's one episode they had Paul on, right? And it's right after the show, so it's pretty close to live to tape. Uh, and they usually have a couch, so they have a guest from the show and then a, like a celebrity guest like Paul or Mr. Shear, I guess. Uh, and he was sitting there in the second seat. Uh, anyway, like, kind of like, a, like just, a, you know, being funny, being himself, talking about how much he loved the show, talking about the episode. And they went to commercial break. Now, when the people are there, they're they're mic'd either uh, with lav mics or the boom mics. I, I'm not sure. But they came back from the commercial, and Paul was holding a microphone. It was just really strange. Like, it just couldn't help but note. You see, like I said to myself, was he holding a microphone when they before they went to commercial? And instead of ignoring it, they addressed it. And the host, Chris, Chris was like, uh, hey, Paul, uh, you, you know, yeah, we, your mic went out or whatever. So, yeah. And then he did like literally like about four milliseconds of fake stand up, uh, 
But it was just, it was just, just such a hilarious, to me, it was a very hilarious moment where he was kind of saying yes. And it was just really good. I don't know if it's on, it's probably somewhere out there. And that went for me, I guess this doesn't have anything to do with, it does have to do with podcasts, kind of. Uh, but it went for me kind of like being aware of Paul Shear, liking him, uh, to loving him. He said, I love this man now. That one moment, he said, I love this man if I could embrace him, I would. And then I started to become, I said, wait a second, he's really involved in podcasts. And then I would listen to him on podcasts and like, not just uh, the podcast he's on, uh, which is with another good place with the original Derek from the good place. Uh, how did this get made? Uh, but so, uh, I don't know. I just started listening to him as guests on podcasts and, uh, then I realized the show he was on was called The League. And it's always nice to see him in other projects. Like recently, or last year, he was in The Disasters Artist, which was just, he was great in that. And it was just nice to see him. Uh, and so I guess I was already rooting for him with that tiny moment on the, the big farm after show. Uh, so I don't know what my, I guess my point was more, oh, like, uh, I guess my point is with podcasters, when I try to talk to people about, Jesus, kind of scary making a podcast. You don't know if anybody's going to listen or anything. I think about uh, the world of people that, 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 that consume stuff, like comedy stuff. Then you think about the world, the Venn diagram of people who know who Paul Shear is. I, I was once just that. That was my, I was within that. A diagram, but I wasn't in the people who find who find who call Paul Shear their beloved. Maybe that's a strong thing, or people that consume Shearers, I think. But that might get mixed up with Harry Shearer. Uh, but that's like another like circle within that thing, and like uh, I moved into that circle. Uh, I think it's like the more you get to know somebody. I don't know, never know what my, no wonder this wasn't a speech. It's like, uh, it's the, the, the deeper end of that circle you go, but then you also have to look at the overlap. Like you might say, in my case, I didn't know Jason Manzukas uh, until I crossed over into Shearsville. And then I said, oh, who is this a wonderful and hilarious person? And in this case, you'd say, well, they have Nicole Byer. I have nailed it. Uh, now a good place. Uh, the good place is its own Venn diagram. Hopefully, it'll bring it to new people into Nicole's projects, which would be cool. So, I think that was my point about all that stuff. Uh, okay, let's get on to our notes here. Okay, so where were we? Fitted carpet. Oh, um, well, let's talk about sports night because Jason Patrick or Dan Patrick came up. Uh, and I watched a couple seasons of West Wing recently. And it really reminded me of the brilliance of Aaron Sorkin's writing. And I said, I remember watching Sports Night, uh, but I have never rewatched it. Uh, so it might be worth checking out. It was an American television series about a fictional sports show called Sports Night, very similar to Sports Center, uh, but mostly on the behind the scenes uh, things, according to Wikipedia, friendship, pitfalls, and ethical issues. Of people trying to go, do, make a good show with network pressure. It was a half-hour uh, comedy drama. It was on ABC for two seasons. It says here 45 episodes. Uh, uh, 
Robert Guillaume was uh, like the manager. I mean, there you go. That's a reason enough to watch it. It gets better. Felicity Hoffman, uh, uh, Peter Kraus, or Peter Kraus, I always forget which one it is. Uh, Josh Charles, uh, who's someone I like, uh, adore too. Uh, Sabrina Lloyd, Joshua Molina from the West Wing. Uh, also, William H. Macy, Brenda Strong were on it. And even the, the late great Penny Marshall. Uh, so really like a, like a, it was just a really funny, well-written show and well-performed. Uh, uh, so worth checking out. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to c- catch a couple episodes. Uh, it says, although the first season is a sitcom, uh, kind of the second season maybe starts to become something more like the West Wing. And then another shorter-lived series that I watched, uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Uh, so definitely, if, if it's in your radar, check it out. Who is Dan Patrick? Let's see real quick, according to Wikipedia. American sportscaster, radio personality, and actor from Mason, Ohio. Uh, hosts the Dan Patrick Show on radio. Works on uh, uh, Football Night in America. A senior writer for Sports Illustrated, worked at ESPN for 18 years, uh, on the, especially on the Sunday 11 p.m. edition. Uh, uh, yeah, just just in case, because I say some people, uh, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann are usually mentioned together as kind of the people who kind of helped Sports uh, uh, Center uh, become maybe what it is today. And that kind of the uh, sports night was kind of a tribute, like, a, I don't know, not a tribute to them, but uh, influenced by them. Okay, what about a pentatetrahedron? That's what I was trying to say earlier, which is a polyhedron with five sides or faces. Uh, uh, one one should know that I'm probably wrong. No, actually, it's not. That's not what I was talking about, though, because uh, it doesn't look anything like it. Uh, a thir- there's a third topological polyhedral figure with five faces, uh, a polyhosohedrion. I don't know. I think the, 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 the what would it be if it was a, 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 a cube made, a dice made of tetra? Like, would it have maybe it has more than five sides? Because uh, uh, what is a pet- pentahedron? Is either a square pyramid or a triangular prism? which wasn't on this episode. So I guess I was wrong there, but that's fine. You, you know, an octopetrahedron is what I may be talking about. Uh, yeah. Oh, what about, uh, where's this note here? Uh, that's, oh, Tales of Typhoon Lagoon. The Typhoon Lagoon's in Disney World. Uh, Typhoon Falls was a place in Arizona Eleanor was referring to. Uh, this is from allyears.net uh, by Jim Corcus. Uh, it was in the January 17th, 2012 issue, number four, 643 of All Years. And I'll just kind of basically, this is a history of it. Uh, uh, Disney's first water park opened in 1976. That was River Country. It was the first completely themed water park. Uh, uh, then uh, they said, hey, let's... Uh, Let's build another water park. Uh, uh, okay, this is a lot of this is about River Country, which is interesting too. Uh, Typhoon Lagoon opened June first, nineteen eighty nine, across the street from Pleasure Island. Uh, 
It was home to the world's largest outdoor surf pool, not just a wave pool, the article says. Uh, according to the backstory, Disney Imagineers uh, said uh, a, a storm uh, came through and swept here to Typhoon Lagoon uh, and uh, left, uh, uh, took the small Placid Palms Resort and made it into a, uh, uh, oh, it, 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 did, it created all the wave things. Uh, and a lot of the theming. Lucky inhabitants uh, used their not great fortune to transform Placid Palms into the Leaning Palms Resort, uh, referencing the fact that some of the remaining palm trees were uh, uprooted. The local residents rebuilt their town the best they could uh, using found objects. Upon uh, entering Typhoon Lagoon, according to uh, Randy Bright, guests find themselves in a ramshackle, tin-roofed island village landscaped with cargo surfboard and other marine stuff. Uh, originally, it was called Splash, uh, named after the Touchstone movie. Uh, let's see. The entrance is, uh, you know, I've, I've been here with my, I went here with my daughter. We had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Tilly, the main hallmark says uh, Typhoon Lagoon is Mount May Day. And up there is Miss Tilly, and, and she shoots water out of her roof uh, every once in a while, every 30 minutes, according to this, 50 feet in the air. And in 2005, they added the Crush and Gusher, uh, uh, old fruit washing and packing plant, uh, and that has these really cool rides. You, I, I did an episode about it where Ray talks about all this. Uh, he really liked visiting there. Uh, let's see. We'll cover Pluots, uh, which are PL is spelled just in case you play Scrabble or something. P L U O T. I couldn't spell it. Uh, uh, Pluots, Apriums, Apriplums, and Plumcots are some of the hybrids between. Uh, the prunus species, I've been called a prunus species before, uh, that are also interspecific plums, uh, where plumcots and apriplums are first-generation hybrids between a plum parent and an apricot. Pluots and apriplums are later generations. Uh, Pluots are later generation of a hybrid that are genetically one-fourth apricot and three-fourths plum. Didn't know that. Uh, the exterior has a smooth skin like a plum. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I enjoy those. Uh, oh, I'm going to link to this article. I, I tweeted it out on New Year's. Uh, it's from the New York Times. Uh, what is glitter? It's by Katie Weaver. I'm not going to even try to get into this article. It's just so well written and so interesting. It's from uh, December 21st, 2018. What is glitter in the New York Times? Read it. you really enjoy it. Uh, and I know, like, a lot of craft people have strong opinions on glitter. That's totally cool. Uh, what about gravitas? Let's get some SAT words in here. Uh, gravitas, G-R-A-V-I-T-A-S, is one of the Roman virtues. Uh, appreciated in leaders. Uh, it is uh, translated variously as weight, serious dignity, important importance, uh, pronunciation. It connotes a, a certain uh, substance or depth of personality. Uh, also conveys a sense of responsibility and commitment to the task. Uh, in the British education system, this is all according to Wikipedia, Gravitas is seen as a pillars of the moral formation. Uh, this was during Victorian and Edward, Edwardian eras. 
Uh, so that's gravitas. Uh, here's another one, vexed. Uh, it's pronounced with a V, but uh, V-E-X-E-D. Uh, vexed can be annoyed, irritated, distressed, uh, uh, or much debated, discussed, or di- disputed. Uh, so just, just a word I love, vexed. <laughs> yeah. No comment. And here, here. You say, where, where, here, here is an expression used as a short, repeated form of hear them. It represents a listener's agreement with a point being made by the speaker. It was originally an imperative uh, for directing attention to speakers and has since been used, according to Oxford English Dictionary, as a regular form of cheering in the House of Commons with many purposes. it is it uses use in Parliament is linked to the fact that applause is normally forbidden in the House of Commons and the House of Lords. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, that's Wikipedia too. Also linked to an article about the Royal Mail. It's pretty long. Uh, which was a postal service and courier company and uh, established in the UK in 1516. Uh, it used to be private, I mean, a pu- public uh, service, uh, and now it's a public limited company. Uh, when it became, uh, you know, filing the uh, 2011 2013, uh, maybe, maybe it's not. Uh, it's this uh, UK government initially had a 30% stake. Uh, it can be traced to Henry VIII, uh, who established a master of posts, uh, which was renamed Postmaster General in 1710. Uh, this is kind of a, a link to the article, but I was really thinking about it is like, uh, when you think about democracy, uh, I was just really thinking this week about, thank goodness for the ability to send letters for a buck or whatever it costs now. Uh, I don't know. And especially when it's not, I mean, this is just my preference, I guess, uh, as a public benefit, uh, it does feel like, uh, if it costs everybody the same and it's like a really inexpensive, uh, that's an important thing, at least to me. So I'm glad, uh, Henry VIII, uh, I don't know if that was the first one, probably not. Uh, so yeah, you should just, but that's, so that's a little bit of came up on the show tonight. Uh, thanks so much for listening and good night.